Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ruby runs deep in these veins, and today's guest is none other than Ireland and Leinster number eight, Caelan Darst. And more importantly, he's a Mayo man. So go check it out. All right, Caelan, Caelan Darst. Welcome to the Dead Hedgehog. We're podcast. going to settle this argument now, Chris, once and for all. Keelan or Kaylin, which is it? Because me and me and me and Chris here have been arguing about it for the last year. Kaylin, I've had all sorts of things. I've had teachers call me Kaylan, Kaylup, Kaylin, Keelan, everything. But it's Kaylin, yeah. It is Kaylin. Yeah. So Chris, yeah. uh, Chris, Chris right. is right. Chris is right. I'm still going to. Don't be surprised if I still call you Keelan because I've been calling you Keelan for. No Used to every sort of name, don't worry. <laughs> he Here's he that. just doesn't want to give it up. He just wants to. No, I, I, he wants to live in wrong. Many of them down there. <laughs> so, Perfect welcome job. to the podcast, mate. How how are you getting on? Good, good. Uh, yeah, as I'm saying, there just back to training this week after five weeks off. So, uh, back into the thick of things and tough day done today. Just back half an hour or so. So, the was, this your, was this the first session? Uh, it was the first tough session, so they kind of we okay. ran today for a bit of skills and a bit of running after, and then yesterday they ramped it up a bit more again. But today was the first proper blowout. And this this is with Leinster you're talking about. With, with Leinster, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, preseason. Yeah, yeah. The season starts, I think, second last week September. So yeah. it's another the building up the fitness and getting the skills and fitness levels and everything back. Uh, lots of gym work and stuff like that. And then we won preseason game against Harlequins, who are the English champions. That's okay. uh, same weekend as the All Ireland, the Friday night before, thankfully. So oh, I'll make. Thank yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, is there some um, game? Oh my god, I, I watched it in I watched it in Stockholm in Sweden. I was over doing a bit of filming with Mark Maloney, and yeah. that was an experience and a half. But to watch it to watch it in a. We were like, there's no restrictions in in, in Stockholm. There's no ma- there's no masks in pubs or anything like that. So it was like it was like watching it in a pub years ago. Now, in saying that, I would have rather be in Co Park, of course, oh, with yeah, a full yeah. crowd. But um, what what an achievement! Unbelievable. Some comeback, if you look at it, like was some comeback. Yeah, it was outrageous. Some, and, yeah, and to be without Killian O'Connor and I know she's modern as well. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was yeah. Would would if you weren't playing rugby? Would you be playing GEA? Yeah, not at that level, I wouldn't say now, but yeah, I'd be playing. I'd play with Neve Pork up until I went to Blackrock. Uh, yeah. I, I was a decent player, like, um, but I stopped playing 12, 13. So, okay. Uh, Neve Pork's like a small enough club as well. It's the amalgamation of like Lacken, Kilcommon, um, Ballycastle, Kilfine. So it's uh, out in the sticks. That's, yeah, so well, you... I, I, as we said earlier on, what a my actual it, it does something to me down around that area um it's it's i know a lot of people associate me with being over in Crowpatrick and going around westport i lived in westport um but there's something special for me about a, a down down patrick 
Um, it's kind of raw, isn't it? I mean, what, what's what's that? It's kind of raw and untouched. Like yes, yes, yeah. I, I, I always thought I always thought Westport. If you ever watch Game of Thrones, I always thought Westport was like the um, uh, not landing. Is it like the real posh area? And oh, then you go King's up Landing. North, up, up King's Landing, yeah. Yeah. And then you go, then you go to to, to the wildlings in the north, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. something <laughs> like that. <laughs> okay, yeah, you'd have um, a good night out there anyway with the wildlings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Westport's a lovely spot as well. I was there two weeks ago. Uh, played the yeah. golf course, went to the towers for a pint and a bit of grub. Lovely Very spot. Good. Very good. I look. Yeah. Do, you, do during the season do you get down home much at all, or is it? very much focused on being in Dublin, being available for training and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd be in Dublin the majority of the time, but they're pretty good with, like, we would never play six or seven weekends on the bounce. Yeah. So you might play three or four games, max probably in a row, and then you'd have a weekend off. So usually on those weekends, I try and get back. Probably average about once a month overall. And then obviously Christmas and during the summer, I get back for a longer time. Um, very good. Christmas when I saw you, wasn't it? I think I was down with the dog on the beach. You were in the hash, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I, I try and get down as, as much as possible. You could see me in Lacken at any time at time there. For some reason I always go down in the in the back end and more you know, and not not as much in the summer. Don't don't know why. Just the way it works. So, summertime's your Westport's your summertime beach. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> See lacking on a nice sunny day. Thousands of people down there. Oh, stop. It's yeah, different well, maybe that's why I like it because anytime I've gone down, it's been literally like it's it's no one quiet. down there. So yeah. it's always it's always very quiet, even on a nice day. Like you just yeah. more cows than people lacking the whole time. It's it's so it's it's very picturesque down there, especially down by the beach. It's just it's unreal. All all along there from Don Patrick all the way up to Lacking is lovely there. Yeah. Um, for for yourself, um, at the moment, you you mentioned about going off to Black Rock at you know twelve or thirteen years old, and uh, into one of the traditional rugby schools. Like, was it from that moment you were like, was it right? All your focus is on trying to be a professional rugby player. And, no, and were you with really. Malnad before that, or or what, what was your? Yeah, yeah. Was, I from I'd say when when I was probably four or five I started playing there mm. um, and yeah it's great setup down there as well the, the seniors have well the top team have become a senior team now over the last two years they used to be yeah. used to be a junior club and they've yeah. um, gone up now the I last have, two I have a club I, like I, I'm, I'm not involved with uh, yeah. the rugby club but I've my daughter plays for the underage under 16 now actually she's gone up to under 18 and also Aid McNulty he's been going out with my sister he played with Ballina for since he was eight or nine years of age he's been out with my sister for the last 15 years 20 years yeah yeah savage, anyway. savage setup in fairness and it's growing as well but yeah no when I went to Blackrock my brother was two years above me so the two of us he moved from King's Hospital which is another boarding school just mm-hmm. outside of Dublin he moved to Blackrock into third year and I moved in first year and Rugby wasn't the main focus. He'd always wanted to go to boarding school and I kind of followed in his footsteps a bit. Um, I was on the B's in first year and enjoyed it, but it was like, I think it was compulsory in first year. So there was 200 in my year and eight teams or something. So it was crazy. Wow. I ended up turning out for training every day. But uh, as it was only probably fourth year, fifth year when I actually kind of thought there could be a career in this for me and knew the pathway then from sub academy academy uh, or, and he's all what that age stuff. would that be what what age would that be? uh oh 16 probably 15 16 okay. 17 okay so that's that to me would be um that to me would be a little bit late in deciding that you were going to go go full skill set would, would that be yeah. right or yes some guys are probably know from i don't know Trevor 13 but yeah. uh, like i was just playing it for the crack um yeah well, a lot of most people are doing, I suppose, as well. But I, uh, I wasn't like I would never watch too much rugby when I was younger and stuff like that. Uh, we didn't have Sky back home. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was always, man, always number one 
in Lacken, I played soccer, Gaelic, rugby, but rugby was always number one. And then it obviously got ramped up as I went to Black Rock. Yeah. But yeah, later in the later years where I kind of thought I'm going to have a crack at this for a career. And it, it seems to have progressed very quickly over the last couple of years. Like you've, you've seemed to run from the academy straight into the seniors, into the Ireland setup very quickly. Does it feel like that to you? Kind of, yeah. yeah. If I look back now, it does. But at the time, there's so many little steps. Uh, so you go from, you come out of school, whatever, 18, you go into the sub-academy and you're playing Ireland 20s as well, hopefully that year. And then you're into the academy. I did a year in the academy. You play a bit of Leinster A. Uh, then you get your first cap. And so it's kind of, it snowballs from there a little bit. But at the same time, there's yeah. so many so many different steps that it feels like you're always targeting the next thing and the next thing. Uh, but looking back now, it has, yeah, it, it was pretty quick. Um, like I only did the one year in the academy, um, which has become more common now. A lot of people are jumping through up to the seniors straight away the way we have it. But uh, I, yeah, it was quick, but yeah, great journey so far. Physically, that's, that's a quick turnaround because the difference between what age are you then, 19, 20? To, to, to go up and play in seniors that's a big yeah. leap even in Gaelic football that would be a, a massive leap yeah I was I was actually my heaviest back in fifth or sixth year I think I was 112 or 113 back then used okay. to have a roll, roll of Jaffa every day so it probably wasn't the best way but, uh, <laughs> well, to... your, your diet has to obviously change when you when you go into that that league that league of men yeah yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I was just like, my eyes were set on being as heavy as I could be. Um, I was just thinking the heavier the better, but the reality is you need to move all that weight as well. So fitness-wise, it's not the easiest. Um, like it's such, there's so many demands fitness-wise in the game these days that you want to be heavy, you want to be strong, powerful, but you need to be fit as well. So it's finding that balance. I think it takes a few years for everyone to find their, probably their optimal weight, but uh I'm getting there now, I think. Right. Off. Anyway. That, that's a thing that's happened with rugby. I mean, if you were to go back 20 or 30 years ago, the bigger you were, the, the better you were. Sucking pints yeah. by like they're going out of fashion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now and now it's it's it, it's the, the quickness of, of, of the game. Obviously, it's not, it's not yeah. a game for, for soft, soft lads either, but... It goes through phases, kind of like... I remember probably late 2000s, around the 2007 World Cup, it was all about just being as big as you can, massive uh, massive packs coming up against, like I said, Africa, England were huge back then. Yeah. Whereas now, of leaner, they're looking for leaner athletes, a bit more yeah. speed and stamina and stuff like that. So, yeah, it kind of goes through phases a bit. But the way we try yeah. and play anyway and the training we do um, suits being a little bit lighter probably. I suppose when yeah. you look at Ireland's front pack and their their forwards at the moment, there's a lot of, as you said, like James Ryan and other players, lean, tall, strong, and just he's quick, you know. And yeah. it's that that the pace of the game is almost like it's gone up a notch. So mm-hmm. it, it goes into it. It actually plays into your strengths or James Ryan's strengths or those, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you got the strength and the fitness, the extra few kilos probably you probably don't really need them. Yeah, yeah. For for yourself, who who was your when you were starting to take those steps and who was your biggest imp- inspirations and who was your biggest help out of the Leinster squad at the time? To be fair, they were all actually dead on. All the back rows would be a pretty close knit group and help each other out a lot. Um, Jamie Heaslip was injured when I first came in. So he would have been knocking around the gym a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, like the likes of Josh van der Fleer, such a sound lad, uh, always checking up on you with your detail, making sure you have everything, that sort of stuff. Um, in terms of inspiration, Jamie Heaslip was obviously the Irish number eight for 10 plus years as I was growing up. Um, so I was always a big fan of him. Um, abroad, then the likes of Kieran Reid. I would yeah. have watched of uh, other back rows like uh, Pocock, um, different players like that. But you, you kind of, these days as well, what the coaches push these days is not just to watch rugby as a fan anymore as much, but try and pick up little things here and there. 
sure. from other and try and take them into your game then as well. You mentioned there some some of the biggest names in, in, in Irish rugby and, and, and rugby in general. Uh, how how does how do you able to keep yourself grounded when you're suddenly put put in in the same gym, same train, and same team as as, as the likes of Jamie Heathcliff or or, or Van de Flair? Yeah, it's funny. Like you're you are kind of thrown in a little bit because the academy now you train with the seniors pretty much full time. Uh, you're kind of like Jesus, what the fuck am I doing here? But uh, I don't know. Like you realize that they're all down to earth, sound lads. Um, they're well known because they're good at rugby, uh, not because they're anything special other than that necessarily. But um, now they're all all sound lads, and uh, at that stage you're kind of you're extremely motivated to try and do your best in training and get to your the ultimate goal at that stage is getting your first Leinster cap. So you're pretty firmly set on doing that and you can't be too big for your boots in an environment like that where there's whatever 40, 50 lads you're down. If you're a bit of a, if you're a bit of a dickhead, like someone's going to say it to you or you're going to get shot down. So like there's no goes really in the group or everyone's pretty down to earth sound lads. You're, you're, you're the first rugby, rugby um, star and player that we've had on uh, the Dead Hedgehogs podcast. And I do know from um, dealing with rugby players and hanging out with rugby players um, at the odd time, that there is there is a like a brotherhood, and there it's a really tight even in Ballina uh, club uh, that that you originated from or for, from the area that you is this a cult? Is it a cult? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. it, there is there is from from in an early age, it's like a unit, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, it really is yeah. tight type thing and everyone seems to look after themselves even when yeah. there's arguments on the pitch like you can tell you like everyone looks out for each other with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I think big bonds are built through going to tough places, whether it be in training or matches or whatever. They're probably the nature of rugby, how physical it is and how demanding it is fitness-wise, probably bring you closer together as well. You know that you're working hard for everyone around you and they're doing the same for you. So it kind of builds a special friendship and the change room as well is a special place after a game when you know you and everyone else around you has left everything out in the pitch and you're sharing a few drinks together or whatever after a bigger game. But yeah, no, it definitely builds special friendships. I always felt as well that it gives you a, a, a great discipline. There's a great discipline to, to rugby players. I know yeah, that... I, I, I was, you almost link rugby and boxing with that type of discipline. As yeah. you kind of, they, they go through that similar type of hardship that, that most sports can't really endure. Yeah, there's probably a lot of values that will hopefully stand to me after rugby as well that you take from this. Um, but yeah. I've got a book here, Jocko Willink. It's actually underneath my phone. My yeah, phone yeah, is yeah. discipline equals freedom. So that's a good quote for you. Brilliant. That's excellent. Sorry, Chris. I just bring up, bring up a point, and it's probably a bit in the early to bring this up. The aftermath, and I know you're many, 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 many years away from that. The after rugby. I do know that in, in the last year or two, or maybe more so two or three years ago, there was a there was a thing about what do you like? Is there a, um, a backup for rugby players that retire and 
suddenly they're with they're in that unit of that brotherhood and that togetherness with their teammates and suddenly then they don't have that anymore and for some people it seems it seems to hit them hard um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, definitely so what can be done to, to to make that easier on players that retire yeah yeah it's tough on rugby players in ireland who are kind of our union i guess or they look after us and that more so the off the field sort of stuff uh, and they're pushing sort of that they work a lot with players through that transition uh, but they also for younger guys like myself they push keeping stuff off uh, keeping a bit of balance and making sure you have stuff off the pitch as well and not they kind of say you could get injured this year tomorrow whatever it could be it could be very soon or it could be over so making sure you've got a bit of a plan and making sure you're always doing stuff off the pitch so they'd encourage lads to do undergrads and masters and a bit of work experience on days off and things like that. So it's not, you, you don't turn whatever 32 all of a sudden your career is over and you've got absolutely nothing. They always yeah. say to keep something ticking over. So that definitely helps. Um, and then, yeah, probably staying in touch with the lads um, as well is, is going to be beneficial too. But yeah, it's definitely from being on a schedule every day for whatever 10 years and seeing the same lads seeing the same face doing the same training always having a weekend a match in the weekend to build up to the lack of that is definitely space something needs to be filled there so uh, it's definitely yeah a tricky one especially for lads having to retire early through injury and stuff like that but um, See, with the, di the difference between in my opinion the difference between rugby and, and GAA for example the GAA players go back to their Normal day job, you know, yeah. Their day job, yeah. their communities. They're with the same people that they've been around, even when they were playing for. Plus, plus, you've also got say if you took football or soccer into it, they've also been professionalized for the guts of a hundred years. Yeah. So there's an experience there where, you know, do this, do that, and obviously the money is colossal now, but yeah. they've lying the cage. Like yeah, rugby's professionalized 25 years it's actually not yeah. that long so you're yeah. seeing the first of the retirees that might have made that much money the ones that are struggling are struggling hard i'd say you know even getting into just regular work but yeah. rugby yeah. Is cap isn't it there's a cap on on, on on rugby it's not like soccer salary cap. yeah 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 like the salaries are absolutely nothing compared to uh to soccer like yeah. 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 So but again, really I suppose you have to you have to be doing something on the side to for afterwards. Yeah, you definitely. Be, it must be tough as well for lads who are on pretty good money towards the end of their career and then they go back to sort of square one in a way, trying to build yeah. into a different uh, domain, starting on smaller cash again. That must be a strange transition too. Of course. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we're, we're, we're already talking about retiring and you're that's because me and you me and you were dreaming of retiring very as soon as possible <laughs> <laughs> we're not even playing rugby <laughs> but for, for yourself at the moment Caelan obviously you're in quite a talented group in the in the Irish setup at the moment quite a bit a lot of sea change like a lot of changes in the camp itself you know you've seen a lot of experienced players starting to retire and come away from the camp themselves. How? What's the feeling amongst the camp at the moment? Yeah, it's a pretty exciting time. Um, I missed the Six Nations through injury, so I wasn't there for that. Yeah, but we, I were very, we were so disappointed to, to see that from being yeah. a male man. Cheers. Um, Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, then I was back in for the two summer games. So we had two or three weeks in camp then. And it, yeah, it's such an enjoyable environment to be in with the new coaches. Um, Andy Farrell, uh, Mike Cash, John Fogarty and Paul O'Connell as well as a newer addition. Um, and yeah, they've, there's a good mix in there. They're working very well. A lot of young players coming up. But I think we we stay in Carton House and train in the HBC in Banchestown. Yeah. So we travel ourselves, whatever, it's 20 minutes in. And you've got your work day then, and then when you're back in Carton House, you can relax a bit more. And there's whatever table tennis, darts, TVs, obviously all that sort of stuff. So it reminds me actually of Borden, Borden and Black Rock a little bit. Uh, yeah. Just hang, hang around with lads, 
putting a few quid on darts or table tennis or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Robin, Robin. Um, but yeah, no, it's class environment. Um, and yeah, it's always, it's nice having the mix between like Leinster's obviously savage as well. Um, so it's nice having a bit of variety there between the two of them. Yeah. You, you were talking about the academy players playing with the senior team. Um, is that the general rule for, for rugby? You know, like, would, do you think that Munster are kind of doing the same thing and having their academies come into the first team as early as possible? Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely becoming more common. Uh, I think a few years back, maybe 2012 or so, 2013, I think it was less common and there might only be one or two out of the 20 academy lads pulled up if there was someone in their position injured, something like that. But yeah, nowadays they try and throw them in as early as possible and get them, get them up to speed. Because definitely the way we train prepares you for Pro 14, Pro uh, 16 this year or URC, I think it's called this year, but uh, yeah, yeah, the level of training, obviously the standard with so many internationals in the squad, um, you need that and you need as much time as possible and as much exposure as early as possible to yeah. standard. So that's, um, that's yeah. tough on a young body though, no matter how big you are. I know you're six four, and you're 16, 16 watch done. Uh, Seventeen after the break, I'd say. Seventeen done. <laughs> Um, no matter how, when you're a young body, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Uh, uh, you know, even for GEA player to get thrown in that that young, that has to take a, a toll eventually. Or do you think that you've you you've um, trained correctly for taking them hits? Yeah, well, we actually do very little contact training um, okay. day to day. Yeah, so it's mostly sort of, it might be shoulder on or even sometimes you might do touch and then build up into shoulder on, but it's very rarely full on live tackle. Okay. Uh, okay. Might do a little bit more in preseason, but as the matches come around, if you're beating the shit out of each other during the week, you're going to be fairly wrecked come the weekend. So <laughs> yeah. you, you might have a few windows here and there, but um, yeah, no, it's mainly non-contact stuff. Uh, gets you running fit anyway. I, I suppose the other side of it is if you even if you take the Mayo team right now, young players, it's like what did Alex Ferguson say years ago? They have no fear, and he wants yeah. play. He wanted players with no fear. So you've got young yeah. players that like you see in the Mayo squad now, littered with quick, hungry young players that want to break lines. And rugby's very much the same thing. If you could get that in there. Yeah, you've got young guys coming up with a lot of confidence and willing to try risks. And then you've got the older, more experienced lads with a bit of wisdom sort of reining them back a little bit when yeah. needs to be. Um, so, yeah. Remember, they might be a little bit afraid to put their head in where they, where they put their head in before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes a lot. Yeah, that's the wisdom yeah. you want in the forwards yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Explain, like, explain yeah. your number, your, your number eight. So, to anyone that doesn't know the positions of rugby, what's what's your job? Uh, I'm so number eight is the back row. So, best way to describe it in the scrum is you've got the front row, which is the two props and the hooker in the middle. Uh, Chris, you could make a good front row someday, maybe if if you have one already. <laughs> I'm trying not to be a front rower anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to get leaner, man. <laughs> Um, then we'll... he, wants to be, he wants to be the back row. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. The two second rows, you're generally the tall lads in behind them. Uh, stick you in there, Stephen, I'd say. And then you've got the three back row, the three back row in behind, uh, the flankers on either side, and the number eight at the back. So, uh, a back rows, they're sort of their big things would be carrying, tackling, um, both. They're kind of, it's kind of a Bit of a hybrid position in a way. You've got to be able to do a lot of stuff. Um, turnovers, okay. will be able to do, but you need to have decent skills as well uh, and be pretty fit. So um, it's fairly a pretty important position. Nine and ten are kind of the two crucial playmakers. Um, yeah. uh, the thing about rugby is every position has different demands and different re requirements. So you, you need every position. But yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to say back row is one of the more important ones. Of course, and, 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 and believe me, when, when we're 
when we're promoting this podcast, we make sure that that's, that's the, <laughs> the, vi- the vital cog in the wheel. Yeah, one thing you mentioned was that you got um, that you got injured earlier on in the year, and it's it's something that's very much become come to the fore about getting concussion and head injuries. Um, obviously, don't want to go into your your complete medical history here or anything like that, but it is obviously very high profile because it was just before the first game of the Six Nations, which mm-hmm. is which is sick, an absolute sickener. Um, at the time, it, it was in a training match, wasn't it, that you got yeah. hurt? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a pretty unfortunate time and definitely, and I was obviously very disappointed to miss out on the whole Six Nations. I wasn't sure how long it would be at the time. Um, but yeah, so I'd got a bit of a knock, a small knock against Munster um, and had gone through the protocols and was fine after that. Um, and then, yeah, we had a training match against Ulster and got another knock in that. Uh, so the, kind of the worry was that my threshold had lowered a little bit. Uh, okay. They say the more concussions you have, the, like the easier it is to get even more. So yeah, yeah a bit there then and I'd, I'd had I don't know if you remember uh, if you're watching my debut which was the first game of the Six Nations the year before 2020 yeah, yeah. Uh, it's put to sleep after about four minutes so I had bad, <laughs> I had a bad enough one then and I'd had another one that season so there was two then as well um, so just with the history of those two and me still being pretty young um, yeah I'm, I'm pretty thankful that the medical staff were very comprehensive in how they looked after me and got checked out um, as fully as possible. And they sort of left no stone unturned in that. Um, so I left camp, I think it was maybe a Saturday or sun- Sunday it was. And then by the Monday, I'd seen one neurologist already. Um, okay. I was entry for different physical tests. I went over to Birmingham to see another specialist who's world renowned. He's one of the best in the game. Uh, had MRIs done, all sorts of tests, and thankfully everything was clear. Um, so it's nice having that confidence now. Um, the reason I was sort of out for longer than I wanted was what they say is to bring that threshold back up. Yeah. Uh, yes. Time, time, time off is one thing, and you've got things like neck strength. So with concussions, it's actually the brain rattling around inside your head. Yeah. So, with a stronger neck, obviously there's less head movement and hence less brain movement as well. Uh, and then I also did a sort of return to contact um, exposure where we sort of went from 60% and gradually increased it back up to full contact. So and how long did that take? Um, we did that over about 15 sessions, four or five weeks, I'd say. Okay. Um, it was tied into tackle technique as well, which is another big component of preventing them so um i ended up being out for i think it was almost three months i was supposed to be back after maybe 10 weeks or so i was supposed to play monster and then in the captain's run which is the last session just to sort of jog out going through the moves and making sure you're right the day before the game i ended up doing my calf so that was it was a bit of a nightmare but yeah another three weeks anyway till i ended up playing uh, but yeah, no, it's it's good to be back, and hopefully there'll be less injuries and less games missed this season. Yeah, I oh, suppose man. I suppose when when something like that is and it's a head injury, and you've had a couple before, there's obviously, I'm sure in the back of your mind, you're probably there's a little freak out moment as well. But you're obviously with a very specialist team of doctors that you can go to as well. Yeah, yeah. And the way I was looked after was top class. Um, yeah, so all all the people got all got checked on all fronts, uh, from physical to obviously the scans to different uh, cognitive tests. Got everything done. So it's nice as well going forward. If ever there's worries again in the future, I've got all these baseline, but baselines across the board and everything. Yeah. So I can always come back and compare. Um, yeah. So it's it's nice having those done. The coaches as well were. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, very good with it. Very understanding. And sort of trying, willing to learn and trying to learn from this and how they can make it easier and better for players going forward as well. So, sure. uh, yeah, it was great. The, the, you also mentioned about changing your tackle technique and maybe change, making changes to that. Um, yeah. Can you talk us through how you're you're looking at without without giving too much away, but like yeah. how how to how where maybe your flaw was in your tackle technique that might give you more risk, and how you're looking at to changing it. On, on that yes, note, Chris, I, I'd love to think that some of the England uh, coaching staff and the French coaching staff and the Munster coaching staff... They're all watching. watching. Well, we'll be watching this podcast. What else would they be doing? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to play... over in France watching this. Yeah, yeah, they're going to... I'm, I'm going to dub myself over in, in French and everything for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, yeah. Sorry about the interruption. <clears throat> oh, yeah, tackle Um yeah, so it was, it's kind of my work on anyway, it was about being square and a little bit lower. So uh, it was to prevent, prevent sort of neck movement, basically, and my head taking the hit, first of all. So uh, it's just about the angle of entry into the contact was my big thing, along with the angle of my torso sort of not being too high. Um, it's all around sort of trying to limit neck movement. Um, and protect the head as well. So it's nothing that might be hard to picture. It's nothing, uh, nothing too novel. But yeah, it's still just, for a tall so that would be a difficult thing to change. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had our sort of our contact skills coach has actually moved on this year, but he did a lot of work with us throughout that last year. Um, and the way the game's going as well, higher tackles are being penalised more and more. So they say sort of the nipple line and down um, is what you get away. That's uh, in danger. If you go too low, then you could be connecting head on knees and all sorts of stuff. So it's probably a really, it's a really f- uh, fine line between yeah. getting it right and getting it very wrong. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably a bit, a bit like John John Small's tackle at Norman uh, last week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he didn't mean to go up the head, but he definitely meant to. to, to yeah. Well, he he went in to do him. <laughs> no, <laughs> like anyone that's argued, we we had this argument yesterday, where Peter was like, "No, no, I don't think he went to hurt him." I was like, "He fucking went to hurt him." That's <laughs> 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 a fucking guarantee. Don't a bite in those games, isn't there? Yeah, stop. Like, would you obviously with yourself and playing with Leinster and being from Connacht, do you think, uh, how do you think the other provinces are shaping up? Because Leinster have had quite a pronounced period of dominance over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, all the provinces are doing pretty well. Um, Munster of new coaches the last couple of years, their attacks looking quite a bit better they've got some new signings as well and like we do some young guys coming up too so I think they're going to be back up in the mix again next year uh, this season coming um, up north they've been there thereabouts as well for the yeah. last few years uh, and yeah out west it'll be interesting to see I have a good few friends out there uh, from my 20s and so one of my good mates from school was actually out there uh, the last two or three years he's gone now unfortunately um, but yeah no it's good set up down there and good coaches and stuff like that so uh, they'll be in the mix as well there's massive competition across the four provinces really yeah uh, that's, that's great for all, all the all the provinces all the teams to have that yeah. competition yeah exactly and then obviously that benefits the national team as well so yep. the more competition yeah. the better is is the rivalry as bad as they say with Munster and, and, and Leinster? You've like you've mentioned a lot of Munster games, so <laughs> is there is there is there that rivalry? A, a, a beautiful rivalry, as I call it. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. You sort of you hate the team more than the people on the team. Like when we're in camp together, everyone mixes and gets on great. But uh, the weeks we're playing into pros, even with Ulster and Connacht, but 
probably even a bit more so monster there is an extra bite an extra intensity to the sessions and uh even in the meetings probably a bit more analysis and things like that but um yeah those games are there's always a fair bit of bite in them yeah right right they have done so good for irish rugby in in europe in the club and then obviously producing the players that have that have made the Irish team and made the Irish team one of the top teams in the world, you know, yeah. um, just, to keep, just yeah. to keep that up. I'd love to see Connacht um, being up on that standard. They, they were getting there and these things just seem to drop drop back a little. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see because they have a lot of good players as well. Um, I'll give Jack Anger a shout out coming up in the front row. be interesting <laughs> goes this year. Excellent. Well, when, we, when does when does the season start properly? Uh, the last second last weekend in September, I think it is. Okay, that's for the clubs. Yeah, that's for clubs, and then the internationals. Uh, I think the first game with Ireland is end of October over in L- in uh, Las Vegas against America. Okay. Against America, and and your plan is to be there, right? That would be cool and be involved in, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hit, yeah, yeah, hit up the strip after. Dead right. <laughs> <laughs> I might be there. You might be. You might be passing by, and I might be standing there again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then oh, after, after that, what? then it goes. It goes. Uh, I think Japan, uh, New Zealand, Argentina, maybe. So there's four big games there in November, which would be class to be a part of. Do you, when you when you're in these countries, do you get to see, like apart from the rugby, do you get to see anything of these countries, or is it all television? vision? Uh, you get a fair bit. You always have at least one day off during the week, so you'd you'd be able to do a bit of touring anyway. I've like COVID's been around for more than half my career now, especially with Ireland. So I haven't experienced too much touring yet. But uh, yeah, like when all these games bar the USA are at home they'll be played in the Aviva but when you go on a summer tour I think there's usually a few days off and there's always a few um, events and activities planned throughout the break and then a few nights out as well of course so yeah they're supposed to be yeah. cracked water and tea of course yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's I was going to ask that question are, are you allowed to let your hair down in, in rugby for, for when you're on tour yeah there's no ban um, it's kind of fairly up to yourselves to a certain extent I mean like it's obviously a professional game and lads want to put their best foot forward and play well and perform well during the week so you couldn't be rocking up to train and hung over but if you've had a big win um, yeah you're definitely allowed a few points um, I'm liking I'm liking rugby more and more <laughs> but you know what? I, think, I think I think it's healthy I think it's healthy yeah, because yeah, like, yeah. if you've had a big win and you don't Say go for a couple of pints or do let the hair down a bit, then trying to get to sleep that night would be a fucking nightmare. You know, yeah. you, you want yeah, to right. go out and have a bit of a celebration, feel like you've put it's right, that's done, that day's done, tomorrow's gonna be a fresh start or whatever. Like, yeah, it's also like we were talking about earlier, the bonds you build, having a few pints and the crack you have over that, uh, definitely helps with that as well. So, uh, it's an important part of the game, I think. Obviously, you wouldn't be taking the piss and it wouldn't be after every game, but only be the bigger games, really. Um, yeah, but, but. yeah I, I know I know from being from being out with 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 rugby lads and that it, it, they love they love the crack as well. But again, I get them back to they're very disciplined. They, they'll have the crack, but there's no mess and there's no like there's no animosity. Whatever is done on the pitch is done on the pitch and, and, and it's just purely a bonded session. Yeah, but sure no one's going to feckin' tackle them, like. Well, that's true, too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, another, that's another thing. I, I no mean, one's when, messing when, with those boys, like, so fuck it. Having a few fights when you're 6'4", when you're, when you're, when you're 6'5", or 6'6", six, six, and you're 18, 18, 19 stone. Yeah. You know, it'll, it'll take a fair night now to give you a rattle, I'm pretty yeah. sure. You're brave, <laughs> like. <laughs> But um, when if just going back to to I suppose you're part of a generation where like the likes of sports science and the right nutrition has really come to the fore 
for your career where where you've seen that previous generations even the last couple of years the changes have been enormous how how do you how do you look at that compared to maybe even when Jamie Heaslip was in the squad the changes are massive yeah like every every meter we run these days are recorded so we wear a gps device which has everything from accelerations top speed decelerations total meters games it's, it's got everything contacts um, so we've got that for every session. So you always have that to look back on. And that's sort of a good metric to see your fitness improving and see how you compare it to other people. Um, then in terms of the gym, we always record every weight we lift as well. goes on to an app called Push on the iPad. Um, and in the morning, we do um, a sort of monitoring, which is involves a couple of different stretches, a groin squeeze, a weigh-in different things like that so yeah there's so much information that we give and get um and yeah it definitely helps with performance and knowing where you're at physically as well so it's an important part of the game now do you you think that having such clean metrics and like being so statistic focused sometimes almost takes away a little from the just pure joy of playing rugby or you know is there do you ever feel that it can be a little bit too heavy, you know, on the statistical side of things? And sometimes you just want to go out and play. Just Yeah. You know um, what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. But I think we're pretty good in Leinster. Like the coaches, they would probably look at it and have a fair bit of emphasis on it. But like if someone if someone's GPS stats are better than someone else, but they can't catch a ball or they're not performing well, yeah. then they're going to go for the other lad, you know. So it's it's sort of to back up. Uh, Rugby is obviously the primary, how you're playing and skills-wise and all that sort of stuff is the primary focus. And then everything else is just to keep that improving. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't, it's it's definitely not the main thing. It's just sort of uh, to supplement, supplement it, I suppose. Right. You, you've got all your statistics, your budget on a different thing. You're five minutes to go. You're 75 minutes up. Against England for the Grand Slam, you're 15 against. You're 15 points to 15. I, you know, heart means which has has to mean an awful lot. That determination, you can throw all your statistics out the window if you don't have the heart in the game and the determination. Surely that that surely that overpowers every other statistic that that'll be going. Yeah, yeah. That- in one second, Caelan, I could throw you in, Stephen, against in against England, and there'd be fucking heart coming out of your ears. So I think that's an unfair comparison. Then I need to... <laughs> there'd be what coming out of your ears? I said there'd be heart coming out of your ears. Oh, fucking running through brick that walls. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> the old enemy. Yeah. <laughs> or, or anyone? I mean, do, do, yeah. you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I always think. These statistics and, you know, even in GA or soccer, there comes a point when all that's thrown out the window, we have to win the game. You yeah. know, does that go through your head? Does that, like, even though you're wrecked, you're broken, you're tired, you're exhausted, does it overpower everything and it pushes you on over the line? Well, the statistics are only there to improve you as a player and as a team. So when you're in those moments, you're more well better equipped sort of to go and win the game um like they're sort of the main thing they're used for is sort of comparing us to other players and seeing where we stand as a group and then also year on year so you can look back and see okay at this top speed last year you've improved by this much but like it's not we don't sort of take the piss with them and when it comes down to it in games the rugby is the more important thing and as you say having the passion and the heart that sort of is the priority yeah i could often imagine saying going into the situation that Stephen just described you'd be singing rebel songs to yourself going into the pack you know just <laughs> going in for a scrum going ah, come out, you broken tons, come out. <laughs> <laughs> The back row is singing to the second row, and the second row is singing to the front row. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or does crowd difference? Does crowd make a difference? Like, if if the crowd is behind you, do, can is it like a sixteenth player? 
Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like you appreciate it more and more now with COVID, having played in front of empty stadiums. Um, oh man, it gives you such a lift. Like it, the intense, even the intensity in the whole place is just different. It's just way more respectful, and I think it definitely does give you an extra whatever five percent, ten percent. There's times when you're defending your online and you can hear the whole RDS to the whole Viva shouting and like it definitely does give you a lift. It's obviously... Yeah, I, I, I love that. I, I, like, yeah. If you see me at, a, at an Irish rugby game or, or a Mayo or a GEA game, like you can be awesome. guaranteed that I'll be the loudest in, in this in, yeah. in, in the yeah. world. <laughs> 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 ten points even, I'll say. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be hearing from the sideline, be like, Caelan, push you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be shouting back, it's Caelan, you fucker, Stephen. It's Caelan. <laughs> um, Would you ever go up What's that, sorry? Would you ever go up to a game? Have you been to many in the I've, I've been to a good few uh, Ireland games on. I've been yeah. the last the last um, club game or pro- provincial game I was at was uh, Ulster and Connacht two two or three years ago. Um, yeah. I, at Christmas, you know, yeah. usually I try and get a few few matches in in uh, in in Galway when when I'm yeah. usually around Christmas because I'm down there anyway and there's some good provincial games on on Buck, on Stephen's Day or whatever you know yeah yeah I, nice. I myself haven't got to I haven't got to an Ireland game but the reason for that is uh, my, my first love would be Mayo GA and then it'll be Irish rugby and then then Irish horses I love horse racing as well yeah yeah oh, I love, love especially Aidan O'Brien and and, and, and when he's out. I, I love winning. I love winning in England. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I love speaking English. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love, I love, like, the English people are brilliant, but you'll often, anytime I mention a team that we need to beat, it's, it's always England. So. Yeah. I had a nice bet there. It's almost, well, Cheltenham the year before last, I think it was. Uh, I'd given up betting for a while, taking a break. Uh, so I, I got rid of my Paddy Power account. But a few yeah. lads every now and again, if they had an app they fancied. So I'd sent off whatever, 20 quid here and there. Um, I looked maybe five, ten times. Never got anything back. And then the first okay. day, two lads were on to me and they just randomly picked out four horses. They did a bit of research themselves now, but... Uh, just randomly, they, did, they didn't get a tip from anyone or and just picked them out anyway and sent them on. I only found this out after now. They were talking it up big time. They're like, oh, yeah, everyone's tipping these class horses. There's four horses in the same day, so it was a fourfold in the first day yeah. of Cheltenham. I revoluted one of the lads 50 quid, and he sent me back five grand then later that day. Oh, that's lovely. That's that's I love when that. that. Comes in, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Oh, yeah, stop. it was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. the, the, biggest, the, biggest, the biggest profit I ever got was from a three euro fifty bet. I don't even think I, I, I'm surprised I haven't. I don't haven't mentioned this one on any of the podcasts. Um, I, I, I was, I had two hundred and three euro fifty in my in my betting account. I, I think it could have been Paddy Power. If not, it was bet three six five. By the way, bet three six five charged twenty euro to take out money. So I. I Scandalous. Yeah, it's freaking ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I two I two hundred and three fifty in my account, and I thought to myself, it's Sunday. I'm always stuck in the bookie shop and in in the pub uh, watching the races. So I'm gonna take out the two hundred euro. I'm gonna put three or fifty on six horses. So we'll do six horses all at the car, and uh, so that I wouldn't be betting for the day. And I thought then. I'll check in them later on. Of course, I done the bet, took out the 200 euro, went into town. And of course, I ended up in the pub anyway. 
But the, the the first race, the first race was happening, and I said, "Do you know what? Do you know what? I fancy that first horse, and uh, I'm going to do it single." So I ran up to the bookmakers. She took on twenty euro. The, the first horse won, and I went down and I was having another pint with the with the lads. And uh, then on this on this uh, the second one was coming up again, and I said, "Jesus, I, I like that one too." And I went up <laughs> and I backed back that one single. And before long, I was just between the. I was just back to the same habit again. So <laughs> I backed. I backed the third one again. Twenty euro. It might even be fifty euro this year because I had the two winners. So I was making money anyway. So I wasn't even really thinking about the accumulator at, th at this point. Yeah. But then the fourth one came, and that was a short odds one. I remember Damson, who was Dave Watchman that that trained it. Uh, he he went in. I think he was five to six on. So that was the next thing I thought to myself. This accumulator is starting to accumulate. <laughs> so I, I rang me, fa I rang me father, and uh, I rang me. It was the time that Aidan O'Brien and JB Spencer had a four timer in, in the Curra, and they had and so it was Coolmore that had five of the five of the races, and um, one cool cat was in that as well. Um, it's, it's amazing I can actually remember the name of the horses. <laughs> Um, so I rang my pal. I said, "Listen, I said I have four horses going on to. I think I've about thousand euro going on to this horse." And uh, oh, he said, "That's brilliant." He said. So I went in and I watched it with bookmakers. My father watched it at home. We had at the races with Guy who works. And uh, next thing, my horse won, and I think it was like five to four or something, or or, or six to four, and that was one cool cash. So that I, I two and a half thousand up in the accumulator. So I didn't need to back any single anymore. Um, so then I rang my father. I, he rang me and he said, "Brilliant!" He said, that, "That's unbelievable." Bet. I said, "Yeah." I said, "There's only one problem." I said, "It's going on. To, it's all going on to the sixth one." This <laughs> uh, before you could cash was, out. No, there was no cash out. There was no cash out at the time. What happened? What happened with the sixth one? The sixth one, I, I, I couldn't watch in the bookmakers, so I got a lift out to my father and I said, "I'll watch it with my father." And when it came to the race, Silk and Scarlet was my horse, uh, and that was an Aidan O'Brien horse, it was a maiden. And then uh, Dave Washman had a horse in it as well, and they were both of them were like, one of them was like five to four, the other one was seven to four, and it was go they, were, they were fluttering up and down. And um, it was Chelsea Harbour, I think was the Dave Washman horse, but I know mine was definitely Silk and Scarlet, because the, the horse actually never won another race after, after this, but fuck me, I walked out, and I couldn't watch it, and I walked up, up the road here, and I could hear my father roar, and I knew I knew that the horse horse had won. And, and when my father roars, he roars. <laughs> yeah, always. Oh, and everyone, one of the lads in camp was telling us he, uh, I think it was only a fiver he put on. Rachel Blackmore, don't know, don't know when. Sorry again. And he's gone. <laughs> right, come back. Sorry about that. The You're good, I was saying there, one of the lads in camp was telling us a similar story to that. He put a fiver on Rachel Blackmore. Can't remember where she was racing, but she had won her first, whatever, couple of races anyway, and she was on fire. So he decided to back her in every race from then on. And I think there must yeah. have been six or seven horses she was on. Put a fiver on. She had won the first, whatever, six out of seven, or there was only one left anyway, and he had a cash out option of 10 grand, or else oh to let her roll, let her roll for 50 grand. So he let her roll anyway, and it last one last, he'd be fucking gutted. Oh. Yeah, it's a tough one, way. though. Yeah, it's a tough one, like, it's a tough decision. 10 Are grand you, or 50 grand, you, you probably press, have to take your 10. Can you but... press the video on, on that, Keelan? Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Uh, there you go. Yeah, geez, you'd be gorgeous. Oh, it's, it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's cruel, like you know. But you, it's one of those you're like, ten grand's a bucket load. That's a fucking great win to yeah. come away with. Yeah, the fifty grand is is big changing, like almost life changing. Like, yeah, yeah not is. quite life changing, but is but yeah, yeah. It is it gives, fairly it life changing. It could be life changing, Chris. The thing is, fifty thousand yeah, could set you up for life. If you, oh, if could you be, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the risks you take. So if you if you're ballsy enough to do it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Fair play. You gotta have yeah. balls to steal it. <laughs> 
Yeah, Jez. Um, Where's Salmon? He's a married man now. He's a married man. He is he's, a married uh, man. He's heading off to Mexico. His, his, the woman is from Mexico, so. Uh, is he, yeah. yeah. Nice for some. Oh, yeah. uh, isn't it just? <laughs> um, he's uh, he's getting his uh, sombrero from uh, Lavins and Swinford. So, uh, <laughs> right out the door. There's a few, there's a few, few big uh, Hardy Book fans in Leinster. Oh, very good. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, I actually I picked up the nickname Salmon for a few weeks there last season. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's because you had a head injury. <laughs> Sorry, Salmon. <laughs> people, people think people think Salmon's behind the door. Believe me. What's the bell? No Viper's yeah. videos are gas these days as well. Jesus. He's, he's no, flying it. We're in London. Flying it. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. one over in London was pure genius. And I actually think that that was, he, he was genuinely scared when they were taking him away, but he just kept yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was in the full costume and everything is gas. When, when I was living in, when I, the, the last time I was seeing Chris, uh, Chris, Chris Turdoff, who plays the Viper. Uh, I was living at the at the foot of the reef in Marisk and he just happened to be walking the dog. But I was off on my one of my runs, and no one has actually spoke to Chris, especially in person, in yeah. ages. So this is my perfect opportunity to say, "Oh, how how are things, Chris?" Uh, you know. But my head, my ego wouldn't allow me because I was I was I knew I was clipping my time, and I was I was trying to beat a, 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 this route. <laughs> and there, and when I got back to the house, I was like, "Sure, I could have bet that pick in any time." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was like, uh, he goes, how, how, how things, Steve? And I was like, oh, Chris, gotta keep going, talk to you later. God, yeah. I never, I never bump into him again. <laughs> Stop. Like, um, one thing before we, we let you off, I want, like, obviously, you're a rugby fan, I'm sure you've watched plenty of rugby in between. Um, with the Lions tour that has just got gone through, there's been I suppose it was a little bit underwhelming for the lads that were coming away from it. It was clearly a very physical tour that they had. Um, what What's your thoughts on it and maybe some of the reaction to the tour? Yeah, um, it was pretty tightly contested the whole way through. Um, easily could have gone either way, I think. Uh, I think as a spectacle, it probably wasn't the best. In terms of the standard of rugby, it was pretty poor throughout. Um, it's the way some teams are playing nowadays, kicking the ball a lot, a lot of focus on their scrum and line out and winning penalties that way. And um, the likes of South Africa obviously are very good at it. So it paid off for them. But for the spectators, it wasn't the prettiest. And especially with the lack of fans around the empty stadiums, um, it probably wasn't as good as it usually would be. Um, yeah. Of course. But yeah, the, the Leinster boys and the Irish gone. boys all, all went well. Um, good to see a lot of them being involved. Um, yeah, I was actually, I was in Greece for two of them. So I was watching them on fairly dodgy streams. So I didn't, didn't get the best. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I was like, yeah, probably not the best overall, but um, be some crack to be on anyway, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. it's like, a, like to have that as a feather on your cap. I mean, that's, yeah. it has to be, has to be, um, an accolade that every rugby player, every Irish, English, Scottish, Welsh yeah. rugby player. Yeah. It's a class concept as well. The idea of four nations coming together to play some of the biggest yeah. hemisphere teams. Yeah. Yeah. Class, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Which is the next tour? Is it New Zealand? Australia. Australia. Next? Australia yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, another four years down the line. Yeah. The, uh, a, couple of, a couple of things. Caelan, before we let you go, uh, firstly, um, anyone, any young fellow that's watching this and they're thinking about getting into the rope, in, into rugby, I know this is Pete's French uh go-to question at the end, but as soon as he's not here, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, um, what, what advice could you give someone starting off, we say 10, 11, 12 years of age, although I, I hope that there's no 10 or 11, 12 years of age, watching any of our content <laughs> yeah a bit worrying if they're watching that but yeah um i think first of all just don't 
don't uh, switch to one sport too early. Keep it general. Play as many as you can for as long as you can. Um, I think having sort of a general everything from the skill. There are some skills that cross over, but general fitness, hand-eye coordination. Uh, there's different skills that are transferable and that you learn across them all. So I'd say keep a general base and play as many as you're enjoying for as long as you can. Um, if you want to go pro at some stage, the demands of one will take over. So more of your time is going to have to go into that. Um, everyone always talks about the enjoyment factor and it's so true. You need to be enjoying it and loving it as you go. There's a lot of hard work that goes into it, but enjoyment's a massive factor in it. Um, so if you're not enjoying it, there's no point in doing it early. Um, and then I think just... I've read a few self-help books, the likes of uh, Bounce from Matthew Side. He talks about the 10,000 hour rule and the growth mindset, yeah, which yeah. is just, just about uh, putting the hours in. Um, so whether it's rugby or football or whatever, just having a ball around, kicking it against the wall, passing against the wall, just practice, practice, practice. Um, practice makes perfect, as they say, is very true so i think especially the younger you are but the whole way up really uh, it's going to stand to you just keeping a ball in your hand always throwing it around messing around with it the whole way up will will pay off so that would be probably the main one overall that, that's great advice. Great advice. The, the, um, the fact that the, the one about not if you're not enjoying it it's not for you yeah uh, is, is that but that's not just for rugby that's for every aspect of life definitely yeah like there's so the, many the, things the, to get involved in that if you're not enjoying one particular one, go try something else. And I'm sure yeah. there's something for everyone, as they say. Exactly. And the 10,000-hour 10, the rule, that's that. I know that a lot of jiu-jitsu um, people go by that. You know, the longer you spend yeah. jiu-jitsu, you know. Yeah, or anything. Sales, it could be it yeah. can be applied to literally anyone, like, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, the other question that that I would like to ask is, um, where are you going to be on All Ireland final day, and how much by how many is Mayo going to win? <laughs> Great question. I'm going to try and get a ticket. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm going to try and get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say the whole of Mayo is going to try and get a ticket. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, if I can get a ticket, I'll go to it, and if not, I probably come home for it I reckon um, and I actually bottled it there for the semi-final I, I was in Mayo for the few days beforehand and drove up I was supposed to play golf in Dublin for the few hours before it and then the rain was shy so we called the golf off so I ended up watching it here in the apartment by myself yeah. oh, no. the TV for the whole thing yeah oh, but I've never, never been thirstier for a pint in my life after so <laughs> <laughs> my whole contact book scene it was up run ended up getting a few anyway but uh mayo by four love it doesn't matter yeah. doesn't He's matter got... who else is in the final kellen doris has said mayo's got to win <laughs> love it Listen, dude, where, where can we find you if that, for anyone that wants to follow you uh instagram so it's just my name kellen doris uh at kellen doris on instagram um i have twitter as well but don't really use it so no, he instagram meant your address fun. Your actual home address. Castle Act. Do you want the air code as well? Yeah. yeah. And your bank details. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Caelan, thanks a lot hey, for coming on, mate. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Pleasure, lads. Yeah. Say hi to Salmon and Toshi. Well, I will, I will, I will. Mail for Salmon, lads. That's Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And a big thank you to Caelan Dars for joining us. Look, guys, thanks a lot for watching. And if you could become a Patreon member, the link is in the description below. Big thanks to all our patrons because they're the ones that are keeping the show on the road. If you haven't, if you can't become a patron member, please like and subscribe as a minimum. Rugby. Touchdown.